0: Thank you so much, Kathy.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Good night. Good night. And thank you for tuning in to Making Waves. Kevin Greff is executive producer and audio engineer for Making Waves. Theme music for Making Waves is composed and performed by Cindy Rickmond.
2: WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello.
0: And, of course, uh, the program that we just aired is an archived uh, encore presentation because uh, Making Waves crew and none of our volunteers here, WJFF, can actually be here right now. Uh So uh, that was from October, so the events that were described are not actually happening as described. But we still hope you enjoyed the program. Coming up, we've got trailer talk, and then uh after that, it's TUC Radio talking about COVID-19, and then we've got the national conversation with NPR's All Things Considered offering information and assistance regarding long-term services and supports for people of all ages or with any type of disability. nyconnects.ny.gov. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people, whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, From the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. During this time of the coronavirus pandemic where so much is unknown and we are being affected, friends getting sick, friends dying, people in our communities making immense efforts to help in any way that is needed as we connect to each other, virtually as we are instructed to stay at home, as the world is shifting in ways unfathomable, I wanted to share something to celebrate. There was a huge victory for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. As the federal court rules, the Dakota Access Pipeline permits violated the law, So as we support each other, as we stay vigilant, as we move through this unprecedented time, I wanted to share an episode that I produced from the time I was at Standing Rock in the fall of 2016. Well, the final phase of the Dakota Access Pipeline, DAPL, drilling has begun across the Missouri River. And this is in spite of the historic and massive global protests and continuing legal challenges from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. The drilling started on wednesday and it is said by pipeline spokespeople that the dakota access pipeline could be transporting crude oil from north dakota to illinois in the next three months the water protector activists have been at the camps in cannonball since last spring many have stayed during this winter and are now intending to continue to stay as long as is needed and are even asking for people to join them if they are prepared for both the winter and what could come in terms of arrests, violence. But as many of the water protectors say, this is more than just about Standing Rock. They are asking for people's help and divesting money from banks that are funding DAPL has become a big priority. President Trump has invested in the pipeline company, Energy Transfer Partners. It is said he also received donations from the CEO of the company, and he did pledge during his campaign that he would finish the construction of this pipeline so that it could transport crude oil. So within days of Trump being in office, this has happened. This has happened without the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, conducting a full environmental impact study for the project, which is what the Sioux Nation asked for. The Trump administration has waived this EEIS process and any other regulatory requirements. Sally Jewell, who is the former interior secretary under Obama, criticized the Army Corps and said, willingly ignores the government's trust and treaty obligations to tribal nations and the spirit and letter of the law. The proposed route puts at risk the water supply and sacred sites for the Standing Rock Sioux and other tribes downstream. And as I heard many times when I was at Standing Rock that the world is watching and indeed the world is watching this and other actions that put at risk communities and danger, our drinking water and our future. Veterans are uniting for a second deployment against the Dakota Access Pipeline and are said to be on their way to Standing Rock to give support to this movement to stand up against industry and the destruction. Following are continuing stories of people that I spoke with when I was at Standing Rock in November. I'm at the Osheti Sakowin Camp. The sacred fire, one of them, is to my left. I'm looking out past the tree line where the horses are kept, to the river, to the sacred sites. There are different camps surrounding me here at Standing Rock. It is Saturday, November 12th, 2016.
2: If I sing this song, I, I, I want to see everybody dance, and I want to see people standing around. This is uh, the whole purpose of uh, singing round dance and get everybody out there and dance around. It's a friendship dance. I'm going to be traveling from camp to camp looking for that special no dapple
0: girl I am at the kitchen I am absolutely inspired by this communal living that's happening here and I see boxes of butternut and acorn squash and rice and fruits and uh, different grains and vegetables and things like that please introduce yourself Marsha deuka Marcia, thank you so much. I know you're busy. You're organizing this right now, but if you could share with us how long you've been here. Since the beginning. How many people are you feeding here a day?
1: Maybe 5,000 to 8,000, give or take, a day um, on average.
0: And how is it organized? How does that get coordinated? Just
1: people come in with their good hearts and, you know, hard work, and they just start digging in, you know. I just... Let them go freestyle, I guess, you know, and they just do their thing and they work hard, you know, and they just ask me um, the questions, you know, I would know about because most of them haven't been here long enough to know those type of questions, just little questions that, you know, uh, where do I put the meat, where does donations go,
0: stuff like that. And you describe yourself to me as a cannonballer. Could you share with us what does that mean? I'm a cannonball resident. So, what was the beginning like? That was back in April, wasn't it? Um, it was
1: intense, and um, I didn't know it was gonna last like this, or you know, happen the way it did. You know, and it, it's just awesome, you know, because now for the first time in my life, I feel that you know, Indigenous people can quite possibly be first for once in their own country you know we've been put on the burner or are forgotten about and I I would like to see that ch- totally change you know that, that we have this equal rights as everybody else and that we're treated like everybody else in in the past we uh, we're not treated
0: like everybody else. So you're talking about You are surprised that this has lasted so long. You've been here since April. So you said it was scary in the beginning. So what was it like back in April? We're now in the middle of November.
1: Just the reactions of um, the Mandan police, you know, um, we thought somebody would get killed in the beginning, you know, but we showed them that we were peaceful and we wanted to just protect the water. And um, it seems like every time natives have an uprising, they get very upset and scared, you know. know, It's like, in my mind, it's like everybody wants to be the cowboy, but nobody wants to be the Indian or the native, you know. Because everybody's growing up thinking that the native is bad. Well, it's not true, you know. It's probably the cowboy that is fooling
0: everybody. And back in April when this camp began, who did you begin it with? Who were your uh, community members, and how was the camp organized? Um, My family are the Means,
1: and also I'm a Thin Elk, you know. So we became involved because of AIM, American Indian Movement. And um, Walter Means is my cousin, and, you know, he was one of the People that that were here in the beginning, you know, and also now Phyllis Young is my aunt, so and she's she's pretty awesome. You, you should go talk to her if you want to know anything and everything. That that lady is full of knowledge. Just the children and their with the way they believed in prayer. That was the beginning, and um, just just the massive, you know, response from the indigenous people alone. You know, they were the key to the seventh generation, you know. We were we were always saying, okay, we're the seventh generation, what are we supposed to do? You know, they're telling us we can do stuff, but the eighth generation were the key. We were, so, and that's why it's the children who brought it forward.
0: And what is it that is being brought forward? Why are we standing here right now? Why am I here in solidarity with you? I mean, I know why I'm here, but I, I'm interested in learning some of the the deeper reasons. I'm looking out to the tree line. I understand the horses are there, the water, the sacred burial sites.
1: Water, water is very sacred, you know? You need it for everything. You need it for your, even your own blood, you know? And that's that's what connects us to the Mother Earth, you know? We have blood in our veins. She has water in her veins. Same. We have water in our veins as well, and that's why it's sacred. This our only connection is pure water. Without it, all of us would perish. This place would be a desert, you know. And that's why we're here is because everybody needs clean water, not just the natives, not just just you know the people in the next state. The whole world needs water, and we're running out of it, you know. And people are, have this wool. Some people, the people here, know, But I'm just saying the outsiders have the wool over their eyes, thinking that they don't need water, you know. They can put chemicals in it, and, you know, it'll be enough.
0: But why would you do that in the first place? Great question. Why? Why would we do that? And why would we put a pipeline under the river, why would we threaten the drinking water for 18, 19 million people
1: downstream? Um, I think it's more than that. More people. Um, the, the numbers are endless and greater than that. Because um, I was told that we bottle water as well and send it overseas, or we give water to California, you know. So it's more people. You know, the Missouri um, seeps into the Mississippi. Those are the two mi- main veins of Turtle Island, you know. They feed billions of people, you know. We call the United States before the Europeans came Turtle Island. Mm-hmm. I'm Suchango Sioux in uh, Standing Rock, and my grandparents are here in Standing Rock at Cannonball.
0: And what does it mean to you that so many tribes have come together? It's very historic.
1: A point of reference when I was growing up um of the White Buffalo Woman, um, it was foretold two thousand years ago. I just never thought I would see it. You know, that the Sioux would come together again. It it don't matter where a Sioux is from, you know, Gala or whatever, uh, Rosebud or or from here, Hakpah Sioux. It doesn't matter where they're from, they're still Sioux. And the people that step up in my book or the, uh, how do you say this? I believe that the people that step up and fight along with us are lost ones that were maybe um, killed in genocide. They were were reincarnated and they came back. Even though they didn't come back as as a native, they came back, you know, their souls came back with a different body. That's how I look at it, you know.
0: That that's what helps me look at it that way. And what has it been like for you that there are so many thousands of people here supporting indigenous communities and and Native Americans? It's um,
1: it's great. I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, uh, I I can't really express it in words. I mean, it's it's overwhelming at times, but I understand where everybody's coming from and I want to say I'm in good company because you know I'm in a camp full of people with good hearts you know and good minds and their hearts are and minds are you know right where they're supposed to be and their destiny is always always here you know alongside me and that's how I feel. I,
0: I don't know what else to say about that. Well, I want to thank you. I'm very honored to be able to be here and to be able to stand with you and to offer some kind of solidarity because this is so significant for all of us. Uh, but you're right. Uh, it is time that you, Indigenous peoples, communities are given the priority. And uh, this is really life-changing to be here and to see what's happening and the communal living and the commitment in such a peaceful and solid and steady way to oppose the pipeline, to oppose DAPL, the Dakota Access Pipeline.
1: Yeah, and I just want to see it um, not be put under that river and maybe they can find other solutions on how to transport the oil and make their money. You know, I'm not against that, you know. I'm just, I'm just against um, having to drink oil for water, you know. That's what I'm against. Mm-hmm. And I'm against um, racism, you know. I, you know th- there just needs to be a change, you know. And you see that change here. I am seeing
0: it. How long are you prepared to stay here? Will you winter here? Yes. You will winter. So w- what is your home here? How will you get through this very um. hard winter?
1: I stay in my truck, you know, and that's what what I like is to be in my truck. Um, people say, "Well, maybe you should make camp or, or um, you know, put a cannonball camp or whatever." You know? No, I I like being in my truck. You know? and, and where is your truck? Um, it's it's over there. Oh,
0: it's over there. Okay, so
1: I have a heater and um, I don't have a back windshield on it, but you know, it's it's fine.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm just wondering, is there anything else you'd like to add to share? No, you know,
1: I, I just want to, you know, say that, you know, I have good grandparents, and I, I just want to honor them. They're, they're great to me. I mean, I, I go back and stay and, you know, sleep on the couch, or, but I don't want to do that. I just want to be out here helping, you know. Marsha Thin Elk.
0: Marsha, thank you.
1: I am Sissy Goodhouse. Continue to help us in prayer. Tell people what they're doing. Pressure your senators, congressmen, everybody that you can, that that holds political office to to keep our water sacred. We want to have clean water.
0: We are at the Bismarck Airport, and uh, we have just left Standing Rock. We began the conversation here at the airport, and I wonder if you could introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, I won't speak my real name, but everybody knows me as Littles. It's Indian Littles. Um from a Arapahoe Nation Wind River.
0: And where is that? Uh, Wyoming. So that's from Wyoming, uh, your nation. And where do you live now?
2: I live in Los Angeles, California. I travel from there to here to um, support the people, bring what I could, brought as much supplies as I could, and gonna do it again.
0: What kinds of supplies did you bring?
2: I brought extra tents, sleeping bags, extra food, everything they need to hopefully be, make them as comfortable as possible, since they're standing strong and staying firm where they're supposed to be. so. If I have to run back and forth and not sleep much, that's what I'll do to help them.
0: Did you sleep much the last few days that you were at Standing
2: Rock? Uh, No, I haven't slept in three days. So I'm going to head home and get some sleep, and then I'm going to head right back.
0: (laughs) We're feeling a a little, uh, well, I should say I'm feeling very filled in in the most profound kind of way and deeply inspired and honored to have been able to stand in solidarity, but also (laughs) tired.
2: Everything in my backpack except for the little clothes I, I have, I left even extra jackets that I was wearing, I gave to the elders to make sure, you know, just wanted to show as much love as I could and as much support. I'm going to go pick up more supplies. i got some more Indian brothers and sisters in California. They actually have a little bit of money, and they're willing to help send even more supplies to make it even better for the brothers that are are standing out here and standing in the cold. We want to keep them as warm as possible and as healthy as possible. So the best thing, I don't have a lot of money, so I'll do the transporting. They'll supply what they need. So this time I'm going back to get nothing but warm stuff, Some everything for the winter. i got power generators that I'm going to bring up here. At least that's what they're supposed to be getting for us right now. And portable heaters, everything that we can hopefully keep them warm and and actually safe. I'm going to bring them gear that if they were to get hurt, they'll at least be protected by what they're wearing.
0: So you mentioned if they get hurt.
2: Yeah, because from what I've seen, brothers and sisters have been getting hurt. A lady got shot in the arm with a rubber bullet. Um, some young girl got she got shot in the head with a rubber bullet. Some other reporter got shot in the face with a rubber bullet. I don't understand. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but my tribe believes there's a saying that sometimes they have to kill us. I'm gonna make the many trips as I can, but once the last trip is done, I'm gonna be stay here until it's done. All my ancestors fought in wars to stand for our people, for me to be here today. Well, I'm gonna stand too, cause I want my grandchildren to be able to be here next. And it's not just for us, it's for all the people around us. And I mean all nationalities, all races, all cultures. I don't care for gas. I'd rather ride a horse and be able to drink fresh water. But they want to do what they're doing, and eventually it's going to poison our water. Everything leaks. There's nothing 100% secure. It's going to leak. I'm an animal lover, so I have adopted some animals that I take care of. They're mine. They're my babies, and I have a little girl that depends on me. I pretty pretty much adopted her. I do own a business, I own a tattoo shop, and it kind of can run itself while I'm gone. So I put a lot of strain on my little girl, my little brother, to really take responsibility because they're used to me doing everything and them being young and doing what they want. And the thing that bothers me the most is my dogs miss me. Those are my babies. They they, have been sad since I've been gone. And I'm going to go home straight to them anyways and show them I'm here, I'm never leaving you. But I'm doing this for everybody and sometimes we have to make sacrifices and that's the sacrifice I can make right now but when I'm done with the trips my next sacrifice is to put myself on the front line like everybody else and I'm going to stand until there's too many women standing on the line and too many elders so us young ones that consider ourselves as warriors we need to be warriors for the right reason
0: And when did this awaken in you? When did you feel that you needed to come? And now, as you said, once you return to Los Angeles, you're you're coming back and you're going to stay until the end.
2: Well, I don't really watch much TV, especially uh, news and stuff like that. I only watch movies, so I stay away from the media all that. And then one day I was going through YouTube, and I was like, what the hell, what's going on here? So I started looking into it and started... Instagram and people that were following all this, and, like, what? and I started to find out what it was about. And I was like, laying in bed, I was like, I want to go there, I want to help. And then I just couldn't sleep. For a couple of days, I couldn't sleep. It was bothering me, and I had to come. Because I know if I didn't at least show up with the first supplies at least once, say it ends tomorrow, everything gets settled, I would never forgive myself for not trying. I mean, my, my ancestors tried for me. Why can't I try for the future?
0: Could you share with us what it felt like to enter Standing Rock, to drive through those gates?
2: It felt like being um, in prison. where we have to guard our own home against our own country, a sovereignty nation within a nation, and they say that it's not like that. Native Americans didn't get rights until after, until 1970s, late, almost 80s. Every other race that's come here from other countries have gotten rights before us. I'm not saying they have nothing against that. Everybody's coming here because it's a beautiful country, but the government is not doing the things that they should. Some of the people back in the old days would starve because they're being mistreated. So now that we do for ourselves, they thought they can just shun upon us and go through and do what they want again. They've been doing it for 500 years. We can't have that no more. People need to stand, and everybody is. And to see you guys being there, all the different, different nationalities coming through, that's a beautiful thing. That's what I like. And it's not just Indian people. It's seeing everybody come together as it should be. Because if not, we're going to get ran over, every one of us. We all know what they're doing is wrong. Okay, coming from California to here, the gas the gas prices changed. California's expensive. And as we got to, because we came through, like, Utah, it's a little bit cheaper. Still expensive, but cheaper. Uh, Vegas was a little cheaper. We got to, I think it was... Oh no, Wyoming was the cheapest. I ain't seen gas for $1.99 forever. But with them doing this pipeline, that's the whole purpose. We're gonna drop the gas prices, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. For what? And maybe three, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe three years from now, a few years, we're gonna be paying $10 for a 16 ounce bottle of water. They shouldn't even be allowed to sell. This is given to us by the creator, by Mother Earth. Who gives them the right to sell that? They started with gold and now they wanna start with black gold and now clear water. They've been building these companies for years. As I got older, they didn't have internet when I was growing up. Pretty sure some of you have felt that. Same and with me. Now we got a lot of resources. We can read and we can see a lot of things. And they're building these big old factories of how to purify water. They've been planning this for a while. And then the Canadians are the ones that are running the pipeline through here. There's other things that people don't know. They've been finding native women in Canada dead. So what's been going on? Have they been trying to do this? A long time ago, and they had already been fighting on it about it and not letting us know about it. So they finally made it through their part, made it into the United States, enough money to pay it off, and get them through, and now it's here. And everybody's kind of washed away what's happened in Canada.
0: So, what has been happening in Canada with the women?
2: Well, um, from the stories I've gotten, they've found a lot of women been coming up missing, and now they're finding bodies of. Mainly women, so I don't know. Just kind of fishy. Canada's doing this, and those women are being hurt over there, and now it's happening here. Kind of seems to me like everything kind of links up with each other. When I leave here, as soon as I get home, going straight to the bank. I'm closing my business account and my personal account. I don't want to have nothing to do with them if they're going to do that. What was the bank from the Netherlands or? Yes. Yeah. I heard they there, pulled out of it. Seri- they did pull they out. They pulled out. There a series now, of that banks I re- I respect and financial. That i respect that they didn't they had a supporter because they want to make money once they found out what was really going on they're like no we don't want no part of that wells fargo still doing it you'll see it on their thing what's on their stagecoach? they've been around forever right fighting indian wars since when forever
0: you mentioned your feeling driving through the gates of standing rock that it impacted you because you thought of prison and i'm wondering prison
2: and to see another indian have to question me and i know i look native to ask me what am I, who am I here for? Well, I'm here for you. But them being scared, not even being able to trust their own people now, because even even some natives might decide that money is worth it to them. And it's not just just a, a lot of people would say it this way, white people, because that's who's the one that came in the very first place and started stuff in the very beginning. But it's not like that anymore. Greed is in a lot of people. It doesn't have no color. It only has green, and they want it. One of them brothers amazed me cuz he's from um, New Mexico and he hiked here took him 3 days to get here and he only came with a backpack and you know some some extra goods to give them but still hiked here with what he can bring but the thing is he brought himself and he didn't care what it took he he hikes for 3 days and he got here he hitchhiked over here and he got here so i had this leather jacket that i had planned on giving to somebody you know in case they needed it and it was given to me but I just wanted to give it to somebody else I think that would deserve it. And he's the one, so I just took it off and told him, It's yours. And now we linked up with each other, and me, him, and the other Navajo brother, they're two of the ones that are going to drive back with me to bring the stuff again in a couple weeks. That's incredible. But we're going to meet in Phoenix. One of them lives in Phoenix, so we're going to meet there and then just take our turns driving.
0: That's amazing. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Any message for I people
2: listening? One thing I'd like to share is that. If you love your kids and you want to have grandchildren, this is the time to stand because if not, we might not have another future. We might be the last. It's our time to stand. My name is Littles. Everybody knows me as Littles. It's my middle name. I go by Indian Littles because I live in a big city and people don't know Indians when they see them sometimes. So I I specifically go by that name so they know who I am. I want to be recognized as being Indian. Arapahoe Nation, Wind River, Wyoming. Loud and proud is how I said Here to stay, we're not going nowhere. Thank you. Thank you. The world is watching. The whole world is watching. Do not be afraid. The are with us. From
0: the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. To support Standing Rock, please visit no You can also... Make donations to the Sacred Stone Legal Defense Fund, and you can get more information at www.lastrealindians.org. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time and resources and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels.
1: Hi, this is John Gordon. WJFF Spring Pledge Drive is happening right now. You just aren't hearing as many interruptions as you usually would because we've made it a quiet...